This episode of Focus on This is brought to you by Compass, a monthly program to help Full Focus Planner users stay on track with their goals. Learn more at fullfocusplanner.com slash compass. Welcome to another episode of Focus on This, the most productive podcast on the internet, so you can banish distractions, get the right stuff done, and finally start loving Mondays with your hosts, Courtney Baker and Blake Stratton. Hello, dear listener. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Good morning. Yes, good morning. How was your sleep last night? Did you get a good night's rest? People listening to Courtney right now are like, um, I think so. Why are you, are you whispering to me? Should I be asleep? Yeah, I mean, most people, most of you listening probably did not get the amount of sleep you needed. So I just wanted to talk really softly, you know, maybe you're still waking up or you're tired. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe you think that sleep is the enemy of your productivity or At least you sleep like it's the enemy of your productivity. Okay, for real though, Blake, I mean, we're goofing around, but seriously, sleep is important. And most of us walk around with way less sleep than we need. I mean, honestly, to the fact that we don't even realize, we don't even realize that there's a whole other level that we're not accessing because we're sleeping so little. It's true. You may feel like you need to avoid sleep to be more productive. The opposite is true. Lack of sleep is one of the biggest productivity problems because it causes all sorts of hindrances to your cognitive function, your energy, your decision-making, your emotions, on and on and on. The truth is, you don't want to avoid sleep. You want to embrace it. We're going to get into this more, but you need eight hours. But it's interesting if you are really getting eight hours of sleep consistently, when you don't get it, Mm. you realize you're like, oh my gosh, this is how normal people function. Like in the right, like you don't even they don't even realize what it could be like if they were getting eight hours of sleep. Mm -hmm. But I think so many of us just stay in that like deprived sleep and we're like working at a lower rate. We don't even realize there's like another level. So I'm really excited about this topic uh, today. That's right. We're actually going to give you 10 very practical tips you can start using today to start embracing sleep and see some positive change in your daily productivity. That's right, Blake. That's coming right up. We'll get into those 10 tips. But listen, if you are currently listening to this episode, we would love if you would do two things for us. One of them is if you hadn't had a chance to subscribe to the show, please head over to whatever platform you listen to focus on this on subscribe to the show as well as leave us a review. And if you're not quite sure how to subscribe to the show, you can head to the focus on this podcast.com page or just right there in your favorite podcast platform. And we look forward to hearing a review from you. A lot of the information that we're going to share today comes from the book, Why We Sleep. 
Unlocking the Power of Sleep and Dreams by Matthew Walker. So if you want to follow up and get more information about this, this, that's a great resource. He's a professor of neuroscience at UC Berkeley, and he's studied the effects of sleep on the brain. I mean, it's really fascinating stuff. It's important to know that we are not kind of just pulling this out of the air, and and we're definitely not the neuroscience experts. Um, but, figure yourself. Oh, sorry. Verbs. Verbs is totally. To you. I, I see. It's <laughs> I right next to his that. Grammy is his uh, diploma from UC mm-hmm. Berkeley. So, yeah. You know, we want to give you just some actual rationale. And I think it's important, even if you know, oh, yeah, I know sleep is important. No, I think you really need to understand some of the science because you'll be tempted, like you said earlier, Courtney, to steal from those hours if you're not actually aware of the power of getting more sleep. So first and foremost, it's reasonable to assume if you're not getting, you know, between seven to nine hours is what I've heard. I think in in that book, it recommends, you know, eight, which kind of lines up with that. Uh, Most people just aren't getting that much sleep and that's how much sleep you need to really be healthy. So anecdotal stories, you know, of, oh, so-and-so goes and only sleeps three hours or four hours a night. Those are if their stories are even true and not just myths, they are absolutely an exception and not the rule. Well, and you know, if you've had a season in your life where you haven't been able to get the right amount of sleep for a long period of time, uh, like, you know, having a small baby in your house, you know, it literally, it feels like you're just living in a fog. You're just like, mm-hmm. like that feeling you have when you've taken too much medicine and you're just like kind of floating, but you're like that all the time. I mean, it can really have some significant cognitive effects and, you know, our brains perform a host of housekeeping functions during sleep. Um, and that includes memory consolidation, detoxification, de-stressing, which we all need right now, and deep thought processing. So when you don't get enough sleep, the effects on your cognitive and health are dramatic and immediate. This is why even if you had an all, one all-nighter, it's not like the next day or even the day after that you feel fully back to mm. where you would have been if you would have gotten a night worth of sleep. And I think especially right now, as we're all kind of thinking, hey, how do we get our immune system like in its tip top shape? You know, sleep is one of the best ways to keep your immune system functioning well and not to be compromised. That's true. And sleep is vital for your memory and for your learning as well. So if you are well rested before trying to learn or trying to do a lot of intense thinking, that's really helpful, as well as sleeping after you do a lot of learning. There's there's research that shows that our brain transfers memories from short-term to long-term storage during sleep. So if you're getting good sleep, you'll actually retain important information much better. Okay, I'm about to get super nerdy, and I should let verbs do our our resident neuroscience <laughs> scientists do this. Uh, but you've got non-rapid eye movement. And then you've got REM. And most people have probably heard about REM, but that occurs later towards waking. So it's really the type of sleep that you miss if you do not sleep long enough. And that dramatically affects your stress level and your ability to learn. So in addition, REM sleep actually strips the emotion away from memories. So a lack of REM sleep, again, causes stress to build up. 
again, it's like if you feel yourself on the verge of stress overload or really stressed out, getting more sleep is a great way to help lower your stress level. And again, that comes back to productivity because we all know when we're really stressed out, we don't do our best work. I mean, it's just kind of common sense. When we're at that high level of stress, we can't do our best work. I know that's true for me, but the data also supports that. People who sleep at least seven or more hours per day have been proven to be more productive, to be more collaborative, more creative, and maybe my favorite part, make more money. Hey. They make more money than people who sleep six hours or less, right? So, you know, the famous stories of so-and-so who never slept or they whatever, and they're famous, like, that's that's fine, but the the vast, vast majority of people, according to research, you will be more productive and more successful at achieving what you want to achieve at work and in life if you're getting seven or more hours of sleep a night. It's been proven. Guys, this is probably one of my favorite points. And this is something my wife actually introduced me to um, years when we first got married. You know, she would see me kind of sitting at the computer trying to work something out in my head, whether it's something creatively I was trying to figure out or just a solution. And she would say, hey, why don't you just stop because your brain is tired and then pick it up in the morning. And that way you'll probably feel a little bit more refreshed and ready to go. And sure enough, I tried that the first couple of times. First couple of times I was resistant because it was like, no, this is when I do my best work at 11 o'clock at night. I got to keep burning the midnight oil to get it done. And uh, so I tried it first couple of times for sure. It was literally like the things just untangled themselves through the process of sleeping. And by the time I woke up in the morning, I was either ready to go and started it started again with a, a fresh perspective or a solution actually kind of came to me as I was sleeping and I woke up ready to, you know, to attack whatever that was that needed, needed to be figured out. So I love this part because now I depend on if I start to feel myself just kind of waning, it's like I'm hitting a roadblock. It's like, let me just sleep this off, let everything flush the way it needs to and pick this up in the morning to where I know I can get it done. Well, I think that's such a, a key point. And I don't I think we don't acknowledge how many calories our brains burn. Like we only think about calorie consumption in the context of working out. Mm-hmm. And that that's why, you know, if you go to a conference or somewhere where you're learning a lot of new material, why you're exhausted at the end of the day, because your brain just did a ton of work and it's exhausted. And so giving it the rest and letting it breathe and coming back to it is huge. So the link between sleep and productivity, it's been established. Your brain works better when you're well-rested. Your emotions are more manageable when you're well-rested. And you make more money when you're well-rested. So lack of sleep, that's a big problem. It's a problem for your productivity. You need to shift from avoiding sleep, thinking, thinking of it as the enemy to your productivity, and actually embracing it because it's truly a friend of the productive person. So you can get more sleep and be more productive with these 10 tips that we have for you today. So the first tip is go to bed and wake up at the same time, even if that means using an alarm clock. And honestly, if you are a full focus planner user, you can really use your morning rituals and your evening rituals to really assist you with this. The idea is to help you set up your circadian rhythm so that you sleep better. Yeah, I've noticed that 
routine helps me. It, it seems to just cue your body. You just kind of get in that habit. And I found that when I do this, Courtney, I don't even need the alarm clock anymore. It's That's when people say like, oh, my internal clock or something wakes me up. Um, that's when you know, I feel like you've kind of, you've found that. I love what Michael uh, has mentioned quite a few times is, you know, if you're just trying to get used to this or get into a rhythm, not only using an alarm clock to wake up, but also using an alarm to go to bed. Right. And I think a lot of our, if you use an iPhone, you know, that's set up where you can have like uh, an alarm for you to go to bed. You also, if you have a something like an Amazon Alexa, you can set up reminders each night. Um, for example, mine goes off in my living room to say, hey, it's time to go to bed. Uh, so it's just a helpful reminder that's set up for you. That's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> Tip number two, lower the temperature in your bedroom. Your body temperature decreases in order to initiate sleep. So you can help your body along by lowering the temperature in your room. So suggested bedroom temperature is between 60 to 67 degrees for optimum sleep. Um, it's, it's a little on the chilly side, but... That is definitely on the chilly side. I'm definitely on the 67 side of that range. Uh, mm -hmm. That is the exact temperature for nighttime in this household. Uh, but I'm kind of tempted to even try a little colder just to see what happens. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, if you can see your breath, you've gone too far, <laughs> uh, but a little chillier will help. So You're writing on your windows. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Tip number three, and this is a tough one, uh, but avoid blue light, which AKA that means your phone screens for two hours before bedtime. <laughs> uh, I can't. Blake, no one can see you, but Blake It's is an like, audio medium, so no one got the joke. I know. Let's move Blake on. Blake is literally making me laugh by uh, pretending to sleep with this phone up. Yeah, blue light is more like sunlight, and so it triggers wakefulness. And unless you want to go to bed with some really cool blue blocking glasses like I have, you know, you need to be mindful of that is that is keeping you up, even if you don't feel like it is, you know. Uh, my husband and I have had these conversations before, like it doesn't feel like it's keeping me up, but it is incrementally, it's making you feel more awake. Tip number four, exercise daily, but not right before you sleep. So this is something that I've learned. I noticed this actually when the gyms closed around here, because normally I kind of have a, a ritual of, you know, I go and do some working out, but I noticed that my sleep got worse and I'm sure there was a, a multitude of factors, but when the gyms closed, and I, I honestly, I stopped really being intentional with exercise very much besides just kind of, you know, maybe taking a short walk. And my sleep got worse. And I was sort of like, why? I'm not, I'm not working out. I should just be, you know, it should be easier to go to go to sleep. I'm not really doing anything. But the reality is, if you're exercising regularly, if you've exerted energy during the day, uh, the initial effect of it is that you get alert. You know, that's why it's nice to exercise in the morning. You can feel more awake. Uh, but when you go to sleep at the end of the day, having done that exercise actually helps you go to sleep and get more quality sleep at night. So the recommendation is to exercise at least two hours before bedtime. In other words, exercise at some point during your day, just not kind of in that bedtime window. I love that we're saying bedtime on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the I outro music for this episode should be a lullaby. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. 
Tip five, remove all light sources from your room. So if you've ever gone to a hotel room and found yourself like sleeping in because you didn't realize what time it was, that's because there was no light in the room. They've got those awesome blackout curtains, but you're going to sleep better in a darker place. Absolutely. I've got some blackout curtains in my room. I love them. Tip number six for better sleep, avoid alcohol and caffeine later in the day. And we chose me for this tip because apparently (laughs) I'm the one in the group that needs to hear this. Um, So alcohol, uh, it, you know, might make you drowsy, but contrary to maybe a a myth, it actually uh, doesn't help your sleep, especially when it comes to quality. It sort of messes up your sleep cycle. And caffeine, here's something important to know. The effects of caffeine are long lasting. They can last for hours. So a general rule, don't drink your coffee after lunch. Tip number seven, get up as soon as you wake up. Uh, this is this can be hard, um, especially in different seasons of life, but it helps establish circadian rhythm. So the idea of like snooze, pressing the snooze button over and over again is actually working against you. Are, are you two, are you snoozers? You press a snooze button? Habitual snoozers. What I what I normally do is I'll set my alarm earlier than I want to get up. Oh, you're in, one of those. And two or three snooze hits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because then it's the feeling of, oh, I don't have to get up yet. I I've got 10 more, time. more minutes. Yeah. That's fascinating. Are you in that boat, Blake? Who decided that nine minutes is an adequate snooze? <laughs> That's what I want to know. It's a great question. I've never hit the snooze button and then... I wake up nine minutes later and be like, oh, that's all I needed. If I have to hit the snooze button, it's bad news. Well, do y'all want to know my my trick with this? I actually, even during quarantine, I have worked out on Zoom with my best friend. And so I set my alarm, you know, with just enough time to get ready and onto the Zoom call for our workout. And so I, when my alarm goes off, I, I don't have to just get up. I have to start running to like <laughs> make it to my workout. There's no snooze option for me. Tip number eight, add some relaxation time to your evening ritual, right? Pick up a book, put down the phone, pick up a book. For me, at least, I actually find that reading too much, you know, nonfiction or something about, you know, that's going to activate my brain isn't helpful, but some easygoing reading, some, some easy listening of some kind, that type of relaxation, of course, avoiding blue light if you can, it really will help you initiate sleep uh, so you can get to sleep faster when it's time to go to bed. Okay, tip number nine, alter the lights in your home to match your circadian rhythm. So if you're in this whole super techie boat where you kind of have like a smart home now with these you know, you've kind of set up your Alexa home stuff. Um, and our house, our lights change based on what time it is. And it is very nice. It kind of is a very subliminal message of like, hey, it is time to start getting ready for bed. And what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to use more blue light in the morning. That is more, it makes you more alert. It kind of says like, hey, it's time to uh, get ready for the day because it's like sunlight. And then you're going to want to switch to warmer lights in the evening that kind of signal, you know, time to go to sleep. And again, this is, you can get real techie with this if you are into the home automation camp. 
You could also light a candle if you're like me and you don't have <laughs> Good. Yeah, yeah. You could light a candle. That is a very nice, good, good tip there. All right. Tip number 10, expose yourself to sunlight early in the day. So many of us are working from home right now. Don't forget to get outside, outside of the house. In fact, I recommend as a part of your morning ritual to step outside, even if it's just walking down your street and back, getting some light shining on your face is such a great thing. It wakes up your body. It cues you uh, to start the day. It helps that circadian rhythm. Uh, So even getting sunlight earlier in the day, it doesn't just help you wake up. It actually, by the time the day ends, will help you go to sleep on time as well. So guys, sometimes it feels like sleep is the enemy and it's hindering your productivity. You wind up staying up late to finish things, but you keep falling further and further behind. Lack of sleep is one of our biggest productivity problems, no doubt. You need to shift from avoiding sleep to embracing it. Give sleep a big old hug. Enjoy it. You'll have better energy. You'll be more productive. You'll sleep better. You'll have less stress about work and about sleep. Do you guys have any final thoughts as we uh, as we go into the end here? You know, sleep is underrated culturally. And I think hopefully this episode has just given you a little more awareness of how powerful sleep can be uh, to your productivity. And especially during this time where maybe your sleep has been thrown off with the rest of our routines and normal life activities, you know, just to know it can be a great tool for you in so many aspects of life. And, you know, maybe some of these tips are ones you want to try out. Maybe pick two or three that you want to test out tonight. So this is just a very real from the Stratton household tip. So my wife and I have been trying to prioritize sleep and One thing that I've noticed is that, especially in this season, it feels like we've needed some more unwinding time, you know, so we'll we'll stay up later than we have to, not to get an extra work, but it's almost like we're doing mindless stuff, and it's almost like we needed more time to turn our brain off, and something that's helped that is to be more intentional with self-care, so that starts in the weekly preview, but, but figuring out a time during the day or earlier in the evening to do some unwinding, to do some self-care, at least for us, has helped us. So when it's time to go to bed, we're not tempted to just, you know, stay up and watch TV later. Um, but does that make sense, Courtney, what I'm trying to communicate? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, you know, re-emphasizing how the weekly preview can help you with this, how the self-care portion of the weekly preview can help you with this. I would also add, you know, this last quarter, I actually had a goal around getting eight hours of sleep. You know, there are several tools in the full focus planner that can help you kind of get a head start on this. If you think, Hey, actually, this is kind of something I struggle with and I need to give it some more focus in my life. And there are some things that can really help you with that weekly preview, you know, setting a habit goal can do those things for you. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Focus on This. We hope you get some great sleep tonight. Yeah, don't worry about us. We'll be here next week. This is the most productive podcast on the internet. So please share it with your friends. Remember the hashtag Focus on This Podcast. Until then, stay focused.
This episode of Focus on This is brought to you by Compass, a monthly program to help full focus planner users stay on track with their goals. Learn more 